What's going on, everyone? And welcome to Season 2, Episode 16, the final episode of Season 2 of Spaceball, the Sideline Network's very own baseball-themed podcast each week. I will throw nine pitches to the Internet's own Austin Space as we break down what's been going on in Major League Baseball really all season long for this this episode. But before we get into the show, Mr. Space, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? It's uh, it's the end of season two. We had a full season finally under our belts, so that feels pretty good. Um, yeah. How about yourself? What's happening, man? Not too much, I man. Yeah, I'm a little bittersweet. You know, the end of the season. It's uh, yeah. It's been a long, fun road, I guess. Best way to yeah. put it. Yeah. It was a good. It was a good postseason. I think. I think we're gonna have a a nice recap of the season. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was. It was it was a fun one to watch. I think I don't think it disappointed at all. I think it was a very good postseason all around. A lot of surprises. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You uh, you got your last episode of uh, your season four out. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of quick? last episodes this week. It's yeah, last episode of season four, last episode of uh, Spaceball until next season, which we'll do what March or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now it's now it's like now I go on a sports little slumber break until. Uh, until I uh, hang out with you at the network again or, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, man, November, man, we got holidays, man. It's almost the end of 2021. Can you believe it? Yeah. It's gone by really fast. Weird. Yeah. Very, very quickly. Yep. And we're still in hellscape. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) great. All right. So as always, did I get this right? So we're going to kick this off here. Austin, I think you're actually going to enjoy this conversation. So yeah. ESPN's Jeff Passan, like many of the other sports writers, analysts, and or personalities these days, have decided to insert themselves into the culture wars by writing virtue signaling puff pieces to try and make sure the masses know just how virtuous and woke they truly are. Now, I miss the days of actual sports journalism when pros like Buster Olney or Tom Verducci or even Tim Kirchin were just reporting the facts and giving their analysis on the game at hand. I believe that arrogant pinheads like Passan are poisoning sports talk with their dribble. Did I get this right? So right. And you were ahead of the game on this. And I was wrong earlier off pod. Um, b- before we talk about pod, because everybody does, you know, Schefter's and Stephen A and all these other people. And there's not, baseball doesn't get the coverage it used to on ESPN. There used to be baseball tonight. It used to be at a time. And now it's just kind of all over the place. Um, and I think they've, ESPN has actually relegated a lot of those responsibilities to MLB Network. They've partnered with them on lots of things. So you got like Rose and uh, Kevin Millar doing intentional talk, which is actually a fun show. That show's not bad. Um, and now I'm looking at, they don't really have the same crew they used to have on baseball tonight. And, and granted, some of these people are scumbags. Like remember the days when you had John Crook, uh, who yeah. I like, by the way. Um, and then you had uh, Harold Reynolds who left and went to MLB network because of some, uh, I, th- this is my personal opinion, but he was fired, I think, prematurely because he was being accused of some type of sexual assault thing and he yep. did not hit and nothing ever came out. I'm wondering, and I'm just going to say this out there, I'm wondering if race played a play in that at, at that moment because I actually like Harold Reynolds a lot. I don't think he's a great, like, in the booth, but he's a great analyst. He really is. He's an excellent analyst. Yeah, yeah. he was awesome on baseball tonight. Yeah, he's not, he's not good in, like, a one-on-one color commentary, but great as an analyst. And Ravage was a great host, man. I'm sorry? Carl Ravage. Ravage still is. Ravage still is. He, he actually still gets it done. Then you had uh, Steve Phillips. Remember Steve Phillips, who used to be the GM for the Mets? Nope. Now, he actually 
did sexual yeah assault. he was screwed up but i actually liked his analysis though me too say. you know for as much of a scumbag as he is his analysis was, was awesome and that that one was like a legitimate fight but but What's ironic about this, I know I'm gonna going on a tangent, but what's That's ironic okay. about that is both Reynolds and Phillips went through like a similar thing. And I think Phillips got his fair due, you know, and I don't think Reynolds did. Um, so I think a lot of that gang, a lot of that splitting up has happened. And then you had on field, you know, those off-field reportings where you had uh gosh, like you know, like Buster Olney and uh, Tim Kirchin. Tim Kirchin's fine. And then we've seen the rise of Jeff Passan, whatever his name is, right? Yep. So at the beginning of the season, I was like, because I follow all these guys on Twitter. I follow all these guys on Twitter, and I look, you know, just to get my news and everything like that. And I remember going, hey, yeah, Passan's fine. And you're like, I don't know, man. Like, you were like, I don't know. And dear God, I, this season, I, I started at the beginning of the season, and after all the shenanigans that I've seen through this entire year with him, I'm done. And I unfollowed him and I moved on because it just became nuts. You know, um, there's a few of them that have happened. Even Peter Gammon, who I think was one of the best ones out there. His Twitter half of the time became an anti-Trump nonsense thing over and over. I'm like, okay. Um, and then, <laughs> and then here, here's, here's where passing starts. The middle of the year, his his big woke nonsense when he goes on first take with Stephen A to lecture him about racism was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Stephen A, who we can go back and forth on whatever. I like Stephen A just because he shows up. Okay? He always defends his point. He's never afraid to talk to somebody he disagrees with. He's never afraid to go, hey, I was wrong on that. He... he, he you can disagree on lots of stuff, but I can't say this guy isn't afraid to show up when called out. You know, that's a fair he point. Sat there and took this nonsense from Passon, and we all knew what he meant. We all knew what he meant. Like Stephen A. All Stephen A. was saying, "Hey, the face of America's pastime, quote unquote, which it isn't anymore, can't speak English. That's not good for the sport. That's not a knock on Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani no. is great for the sport." But if you can't speak English, that's not the best thing for baseball when they need to be better when their ratings drop all the time. That's all Stephen A was saying. That doesn't mean he hates Japanese people. Like, what connection? Are, like, it's so insane how dumb, quite frankly, that, 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 these, that people like pass and speak to the audience with. Like, we're all stupid. And, and like, we we can't understand the nuance of what Stephen a was saying you knew it and i knew it right and i think our audience knows that Most i think any, anybody who heard what Stephen a said knew exactly what he meant right and, and not to mention let's be real Stephen a the face of espn a black guy okay who really did earn it okay he's their old he's basically all they have now all right so i think if anybody just suspended the benefit of the doubt it's it's him all right uh so we already dealt with that nonsense then we get to the postseason where where oh then we get into the season beforehand where Passon goes on this big tangent about the Guardians and the Indians about this other stuff like this saved the world and all this other stuff which is insane and I know I'm a white person and you're a white person but you and I have both grown up in Connecticut where there's a lot of Native American roots in there um, my family my mom's side particularly grew up in in Uncasville. 
and none of the and, and was friends with a lot of these people at this museum, and none of them give a crap about this stuff, to be quite honest. I, I've never seen it. Literally, they just want to want their land and make money on it, right? I mean, that's that's your take, and that's what that's my take too. And that's fair enough, right? And then then he does the whole the the chop thing. This was actually after, but I'm going out of order. The whole like now we have to sit here and mitigate how fans in Atlanta celebrate and cheer on their team. For how, what? 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 The, the bigger issue with, with his article on that, because um, I read it, and he completely ignores the fact that this is a chant that has been adopted by almost every fan base, especially in college football. Like oh, just big time. going outside of, of baseball the for Seminoles a second, and college that, football. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. It's not even just the Seminoles anymore. Like yeah. if you go, to, if, if your team is kicking the other team's ass, yeah. they start doing that chance. It's just, it, it's been adopted as, and they do it in basketball too. In college basketball, they do yeah. it all the time. So to make it sound as if the Braves are the fan base of the Atlanta Braves and, and, and I'm going to go on the side note here. Anyone who actually knows Passan's politics you know where he was going with it. And it was always bringing it back to the voter thing that happened earlier this which year. That's been talk about, which is nonsense too. That's all this nonsense. had to do with was it was just another way to try and take a cheap shot at, at Georgia and at Atlanta. That's all it was because he wasn't calling out the, the chant as a whole and saying, Hey, like this is a chant that needs to dissipate throughout sports. It was just strictly the Atlanta Braves fans are racist for doing this chant still, or still believing that this chant is acceptable. And it's like, well, it's not just Atlanta, man. If you're going to make, if you want to make the point that it's a racist chant, then you need to call out all the sports, all the colleges, the universities, and all the pro teams that allow their fans to do it. It's not just an Atlanta Braves thing. So knock it off. Like, it's just, it's, it's a disingenuous argument. Yeah, and then we get into and and then on a side note, if you want to get into this and really remove the Braves, then we'll just have no representation of any Native American iconography in baseball at all. So great, just deport that, you know, which is a completely fun. I don't even think disrespectful way of cheering on a team or labeling a team. It's well, an and honor. And, and not to go down a rabbit hole here, but that's always been my question: is right. for all the people that wanted to pretty much boycott any team or any university college university pro team it doesn't matter minor league team that is that's name is is based off of native americans and it's well that's racist well is it racist or are they paying homage to them it's because so, yeah it's, it's to me it's like you're you but in my opinion by trying to eliminate all of these these native american um slogans and, and names and everything i almost feel like that's actually racist because you're you're it's almost like you're you're eliminating them from from pop culture from yep. from our just mainstream culture you're taking them out why are you doing that and and who are you passan needs to fix it or something i don't right. know I don't but i mean and again it, the, problem. the biggest irony in this whole thing is passan's a fucking white guy like yeah, it's exactly. not it's it's not like he's he's Native American himself or he's a an individual of color. He's just as white as you and I are. So for exactly. him to try and lecture the world about what is white is wrong is is just it's complete hypocrisy. 
and to be honest with you, man, I don't even think he believes half the shit he writes. I, I, I don't truly know. Don't. I don't know. I th- some people are going down where it's like they, f- you know, this as well as I do that. I think what's great about you and what makes us friends and uh, also causes us to have a lot of enemies is that we, both of us, I think are willing to change our minds and listen to other sides and still be respectful and not label people. And Passan is not one of those people. Uh, it is very, I don't think he would be a very interesting person to talk to because you already know the answers he's going to give because he is literally a character of what, of what the, the far left is to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, you mentioned that the whole thing with, uh, you know, let's make sure we don't have the all-star game there in Atlanta. And then they go on a whole rampage about that. But then the thing that got me to unfollow him, which was just, wow, you guys are just doing tit for tat. He did this tweet because all of baseball was in unification, standing up for bullying. And a lot of it was directed at the LGBTQ community, whatever. And this is shortly after the Chappelle thing, whatever. Um, Yankees did all these teams. We stand up to bully. And then uh, there was a hashtag that had LGBTQ. And I think the Rangers didn't include that hashtag. So Passan equates that to now the Rangers hate gay people for some reason, which is insane because one, anybody can be bullied. I've been bullied. I'm not LGBT. I'm, 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 I'm what you don't think bullies, you know, you've been bullied. I'm sure lots of people get bullied. Bullying's wrong. And that's all they were standing up for. But to think that bullying only exclusively applies to gay people, that's what you're saying. And the Rangers are terrible because they didn't include this in their hashtag. Jeez, man, these stretches are just insane. And any opportunity to, to, crap all over a team that isn't doing anything is insane it's insane and i'm just like i've had enough just tell me who's getting traded you know do your job for once not lecture me about how you hate the rangers for not being inclusive in their anti-bullying campaign it's ridiculous and and then i text you immediately when i'm like i'm done with this dude i am so done with this dude and then i wake up to oh well the chop's doing it so, oh, great, good. Let's take that. Let's take some more, you know, stuff away from the success that Atlanta had. Let's take more of that away. Let's take more of Hank Aaron's celebration away, their great World Series, their great trading, their great trade deadline, and let's make it all about the fans are racist. Good, good. I, Speaking I don't, I, I'm not interested in listening to you anymore. <laughs> Speaking of Atlanta, let will bring right into the night pitches. My first question. Yeah is the Atlanta Braves are the World Series champions. And what did you make of the World Series as a whole? I mean, it was, one, we were right. Let's talk about that beginning of the season. Anybody who doesn't, let's listen to episode one. First time we've ever, I've ever got it. And I believe the first time you've ever got it, right? Going into the season. Correct, yep. Um, But I don't think it played out the way we thought. (laughs) Of course not. I mean, neither one of, I mean, I really, I, we said it on the last episode. I really wish I had the courage of my convictions to have said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to stick with Atlanta. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to make a rule. Here's the rule going forward. We're not allowed to do that. What if we stick, if we stick that, if Atlanta didn't make the playoffs, then we can obviously pick, but if our gets, no matter what we feel, we have to pick him. All right, that's our rule. I agree. We All have right? to, if you so, if your preseason pick makes it to the playoffs, you're riding you're riding on that. You have, you have to, to be, ride or die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I don't care how banged up they are. Um, they, I think it was I think it was great because what it really did was showcase how Atlanta won the deadline for sure. 
Um, I think we we were puzzled a little bit and surprised, but it's really a story about how this GM believed in their team. Um, they have the nicest guy in baseball on there. I mean, how can you not like Freddie Freeman? Um, they've dealt with a lot of adversity through Marcelo Zuna, some other injuries um, with Soroka, um, and uh, even Charlie Morton going down in the first game. I mean, this guy's like old. And he's, he's, you saw him in the celebration. He's walking out on, on a broken with the, with, with the, what do you call them? The crutches. Crutches. Yep. Yeah. And then you have folks like Eddie Rosario and Jock Peterson and all these guys, just Jorge Soler and all these guys just coming up and stepping up um, in a new city doing well. Um, Vin Scully put it perfectly with the whole 44 and 44 games and, and the Hank Aaron thing. And to go through all the adversity with all the nonsense surrounding the game, Freddie Freeman in the first month of the season, a little back of his head, is this my last season here? And to go against the most hated team in baseball and, and win and win, not just win, win definitively. They could have won in four, actually, if you think about it. Um so they won every game at home except for one game, one game in the entire postseason. Um, Atlanta really just showcased um, just a resiliency, and it was really fun to watch. And, I mean, I, I don't know how <laughs> – I think the joke was is that everybody except for, you know, Houston was rooting for Atlanta, and Atlanta won. So it was – I think it was good for baseball. It was a good attack on a little, a great underdog story. And um, I, I think it was something the city needed after being deflated throughout the entire season because of politically correct nonsense. What's your take? I agree with you. Um, I think, especially after Passan's article, that made me root for Atlanta even harder. Just yeah. because I was like, okay, th- this is, this team has been, not only counted out against us being people who jumped off their bandwagon, um, but they've been crushed through through the media throughout the season on something that they had nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. No one on that team's a politician, last time I checked. None of them were the ones who created the bill, that the whole voter bill. They had nothing to do with it. Neither did any of the people that work for the organization or the surrounding businesses that lost out due to them moving the All-Star game. So that entire city, like you said, has been in flux all year long, and they've dealt with all the bullshit, the political nonsense that had nothing to do with the game. And they overcame that. They overcame all those injuries. They had an excellent trade um, trade deadline. Yep. They, they, they made the, the moves that they had to make. And honestly, it, 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 was, a, it was a fitting end as, as far as I'm concerned. As baseball seasons go, this was probably one of the best endings I've seen in a long time. It just felt right. It felt like the right team won. The good and, guys won. Yeah. The good guys won. The good guys won. And that's honestly all you can ask for. Yeah. Astros sports. are the better team. I think they still are if you just match them up against each other. But the good guys won. Ian Anderson, who rookie, just showed his true colors, came out and like he was my rookie of the year pick. And I'm like, you know what? He's not going to win, but I'm happy saying he's the rookie of the year. That was just great. And I'm interested to see what they do moving forward. But then you see Eddie Rosario and all these other guys. It's just like, this is just – and everybody contributed. That's the thing. It wasn't like they all were on the shoulders of one player who was just super hot. I mean, Rosario was hot a little bit, but everybody played. 
everybody pitched. Everybody had moments. Um, so congrats to the Braves. Congrats to the Braves, you know. Um, and not to mention, on top of all the stuff you talked about, their injuries and where they were in such a nebulous, weird NL East, um, that, that gave that team a lot of confidence with what that general manager did. And I think that city deserved it. So good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Curveball for you. What does losing the World Series mean for the Astros organization, both internally and externally? I mean, it's going to be interesting because it, the real question you mean there is what's going to happen when Carlos Correa goes, mm-hmm. you know, and he's not returning. Do they sign? Do they get somebody in there? Um, I think they're not of the success where you, they're not like the Yankees. I think the Yankees are the only team in baseball at one point, at least that expected a world series every year, you know, which is unrealistic and lofty. The Astros are expected to continually compete. However, as long as this West gets built up, the Mariners were interesting this year. Oakland's still there. I know I'm hard on them. Oakland's still there. Um, are the are the Rangers going to make a play? They haven't made a play in a while. They're going to make a play for some players. So the thing is, at least they won when they did, when they were in their prime and they got that out of the way. You know, they weren't like the Indians or Guardians now or whatever, or Detroit for a while, you know, where they built a team that could win for three or four years. This is towards the tail end of it. Um, and at least they got one. That's it. So I think in that mindscape and what they built there, because they used to be jokingly years ago when they went to the American League, they were going to be the Lastros, and they won a World Series, surrounded by Jose Altuve, the guy they were supposed to build the team around, and they did it. Um, and they got Frankie, and they got Verlander somehow from Detroit, and they had great you know, chemistry with Bregman and Correa, and they had Maldonado behind the plate. They, they've, they, I think, achieved what they needed to achieve. So now it's what's, what is it going forward? Are they going to look into this raise Red Sox mentality of built to last or which, which is a newer thing in baseball now, or are they going to go along the lines of, okay, let's stop fire sale rebuild, which is what we're accustomed to. So that that's really a non-answer I know, but I think if you look back, what they've done in their postseason runs uh, have been a success. The only fumble of course, is their, public relations, of course, that's really, which is not everybody in the Astros organization's fault. Yeah. All right, cool. Change up. This is going to be the last world series question. And then we'll get on to other, other news and notes. All right. Given what the Braves are able to do, not at full strength. Do you believe that they should be the betting favorites going into next season to return to the fall classic? Well, it's so early because we are, we've got so many, um, We've got an enormous, enormous stack of free agents. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing it comes down to is, of course, the one of the top free agents on the board, ranked number three in most rankings, is Freddie Freeman. Does Freddie Freeman stay? And by the looks of it, he probably will. And then they're going to have to figure out where their pieces are. Now, I think one of the, the biggest thing to come out of Atlanta, surprisingly to me, is Ian Anderson the rookie that showed up, man, he showed up in the postseason. 
Okay. He came up there. He had an opportunity. They need pitching. And if this guy can retain it, and if he's not figured out in this sophomore, you know, he does get this sophomore slump. This could be a great pitcher to rebuild around. Not to mention, you're going to have Ronald Acuna Jr. They did this without Ronald Acuna Jr. If they come back and you have Freeman and Acuna Jr., Ian Anderson, Soroka's back, this team is going to be really much better. The team that we believed in. And there's an attraction quality. With the GM that believes in you against of what they did, this was like, it's like, okay, they won with a, it's like if they had a golf club and they had a bunch of weight or they had a bat and they had a bunch of weights on it and swung real slow and still won. Then they said, okay, let me take these donuts off. Now we're hitting. That is what I think an analogy for the Braves is right now. Um, so I think, I think it is going to be somewhat contingent upon what they do with Freeman. If they do sign him, I think they will. Then they're going to be in there because the Mets is going to be interesting because the Mets are like sort of nebulous. Who are they going to sign? Who are they going to lose? Phillies are sort of in that thing. Um, who else is in the NL East? Um, I know the Marlins. Oh, okay. The, uh, the Nationals. I don't think the Nationals are going to do all that much, but the most interesting team that I would really be interested to look at is what the Marlins are going to do. There's rumors that the Marlins are going to be proactive this season. Again, it's one of those we'll, we'll believe it when we see it with how Derek Jeter handles this team down there. But if they do finally make a play, they have the pitching. That would be the only team that would be interesting to watch and see how things develop in the postseason. But it's a very wonderful division as today it stands. And I do think it would make sense to see if you can work out a deal with uh, Freeman. What are your thoughts? I agree with you about Freeman staying with the Braves. I, I honestly yeah. think that makes the most sense. Um, you know, figure out a both obviously a financial and a, a yearly type of contract that's I mean he's what is he, 30, he's 32, right? It's time 32. for him to make his money. Um, he is 32. Okay. So time for him to make his money though. Absolutely. I mean, so you figure what you sign him for a five-year deal, four or five-year deal. They're saying six is what it's gonna have to be. Oh, it's gotta be six. 180. <laughs> that's I mean, honestly, that's fair. The guy's an MVP. He's the face of your franchise. Could be even more than that. 200, yeah. Um, you know, I I would like to see Freeman stay in Atlanta. I just think that that would be, that'd be awesome. That, like I said, I just, he's, he's the coolest guy in baseball. I think like, he just seems like just the most down to earth, nice dude. You want to see him, you want to see him make his money and you want to see him, you know, stick with his, with his home franchise, which you just won a world series with as far as being a betting favorite. Um, that was like a way too early prediction type question. Yeah, it is. I, I agree with you. There's way too much movement in this in this upcoming offseason, I just wanted to see if you would bite and just, just say yes or no. But well, it's, it's just not because they're not going to retain the exact same dynamic. Right. However, it's going to be replaced by Soroka and Acuna and, and all these other guys mm -hmm. that'll come in here. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And I really want to see how Ian Anderson does. I am high on him. I'm gonna say I'm high on him. So I, I like what I see here because this guy's pitched in big games already against great offenses. Um, so if they could retain that, then I think their biggest question mark was their starting rotation. Maybe they bolster their bullpen a little bit, something like that. Yeah. That would, that would be smart too, which is right. easy. To, I think that's very doable. You know, even if they lose, you know, Jacques Peterson, a few other guys, whatever. 
fastball. Buster Posey announced his retirement last week. Where do you believe he ranks all time? And do you believe he will make it into Cooperstown? All time meaning catchers. Buster Posey. He did announce his retirement. Um, I'm going to throw this back at you. And okay. I want to see what you think on this, because I've been weighing this in the back of my mind a little bit, but I'm going to add the caveat. So I'm not really going to answer the question. I'm going to add the caveat. What does this mean for the Giants? Because I do have an answer on that. So go ahead, Buster Posey. What do you think? All right. I'm going to pull up because I wasn't expecting you to throw this back at me. I'm going to throw I'm going to bring up his stats. <laughs> yeah, I, don't fall, I don't throw many fastballs back at you. No, you don't. Uh, give me one second. Let me just pull up his stats here. Um, as I'm as I'm doing that, I will talk about. Yeah, so, as far as what he means to, uh, as far as like what the giant, what it means for the Giants, I think this is a big loss for the Giants in the sense that here's your face of your of your franchise for a decade, and he's been. I, I mean, he's been the the. I mean, I don't know if he was considered the captain, but I've always considered him to be the captain. Well, Brandon Belt, did you see that story? No. So Brandon Belt comes out and says he put he literally put like duct tape on his jersey with a C. Well, I've been here the longest. I'm the captain. It's like okay, all right, <laughs> okay. So and everyone just kind of was like, all right, whatever. So you all look right. at his career. He's got 1,500 hits, 158 home runs. He's got a, a career 302 batting average. 663 runs, 729 RBIs, 23 stolen bases. All right, let's see. So he won MVPs, a seven-time All-Star, Gold Glove. He's got a batting title, Rookie of the Year, three World Series championships, and four-time Silver Slugger. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, As far as where he would rank in catchers, I would actually have to dig into that a little bit deeper. I'm looking at here now. So here's the current catchers that are in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Johnny Bench, Yogi Berra. I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, just going to go through a few. Carlton Fisk, Mike Piazza, Von Rodriguez. That's that's the company he's going to be competing against. Okay. I mean, I think I think his three World Series championships alone would push him at least past somebody like Mike Piazza. Um, you and it's know, tough I, because Piazza's like, if you want to call him a catcher, I know that sounds like not so nice, but it's like, he was a really bad catcher. He was he a great was. hitter, but a bad catcher. Right. Um, he, 158. What is his RBI total? 729. It's so tough because catchers, <laughs> if he gets in, he's the lower rung. I'm sorry. It's just career. It's his career was cut short. I'm on the lower end of, and it's also tough because you have Yadi and Merlina, which is a shoo-in. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's like, no, no, no. Yadi Merlina is way better. He's way better than him, and the longevity is better than him. I don't know what else to say. You know, I think it's no question, Molina. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying Posey is going to be first ballot. I'm just saying he, that I think, no, there's no way that I think that Posey would eventually get in. Um, he's just, uh, to me, he's, He's been a a fixture in San Francisco for over a decade. Again, he's got the three the three championships. He's got a batting title. I'm I'm looking at yeah he batted three thirty six the year that he won the MVP and that was the year he also got the batting title. Does I'm just not 
it's it's so hard because I want to like, oh, you know, there's this moment me and my dad would have this conversation where somebody steps to the plate and you're like, oh, my God. And that's like Hall of Famer stuff, you know, or somebody defensively, whatever, pitching, whatever it is. And I don't think he has that factor to him. I think Yadi Merlina always is like, all right, nothing's getting by. You don't run on Yadi, you, don't, you know, all this other stuff. Um, it's just so tough with catchers. It's really tough with catchers. Um, I'm leaning towards if he does get in, it's because he's very likable. You know, his career was shorter than a lot of other people's career. And um, he's going to be at the lower end if that's the case. Um, and it's also, and, I, and the only reason I bring up Molina is because people were saying he's the catcher of our generation. He's like, no, he's not. It's Molina. Molina's the dude. Like, he is the dude. And I think, you know, like if you want to talk like, put him in the Giants Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely do that. Like, I'm fine with that. But I, I'm not, I'm not like so blown away. Cause it's like, I'm looking at this. Yeah. MVP, rookie of the year, three-time world series. That's big. Seven-time all-star is pretty big too. Um, let me see what Yadier Molina is. Um, Yadier Molina, baseball reference. I gotta see this. I thought this question would come up, but I'm just like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yadier Molina. See, here's the difference. Ten-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, as opposed to three, one silver silver as opposed to four, nine golden gloves, only one by Buster Polsey. One. Nine by Molina, which I think is more important for a catcher. So maybe, like, Posey has slight, you know, here and there little advantages, like three times. Like, I don't, I think three and two is really comparable. Ten as opposed to seven. Nine-time gold glover to one that's well, huge yeah um, i mean it is you also have to look at the fact that they play in the same they're, they're both in the national league right so they were competing against each other right but, I but i'm saying that if that's, your, if that's your competition though like if you're if, if buster posey's losing out on the golden glove every single year because he's losing it out to yadi or molina that's that's not well, really a, well i'm just saying that's not to me that's not a crime that would be like you know, you're losing out of you. You play in the same league. You're playing in the same league as Michael Jordan, and you're losing to the scoring title every single year. Yeah, but MJ. nine like, over nine. like it's it's not like it was like five to four. You know what I'm saying? Like this no, is like nine saying. to one. This is like clear dominance. You know, right? I would just I'm say just, I, yeah. I look at it, I, I'm just looking at his body of work. I'm looking at Pose's body of work again. Well, he that's was, the other thing. It's 12 was, years. Molina, 18 years. It's going to be 19. He's going to have I know. seven years on. But the cat, my, I guess my argument with Posey, specifically when it comes to the World Series championships, is that he was the catalyst on all three of those teams. He was the leader of those teams. I know, and I know Bumgarner had that one incredible postseason run, but Posey was the de facto leader on that on that team. He was the face of of the franchise during those three championships. Molina was not. It was Pujols. Like it wasn't like Molina was the de facto, the dude on on the card. Yeah, I'd argue yes and no, just because he ran a ton of great pitching staffs and he was there the entire time, you know, the entire time as a cardinal. Um, and it's like it, it's like his unsung hero where you have, you know, popularity dude with Pujos. But you do make a good point. Like he was a steady fixture in the Giants organization for a long time. Um, 
He'll probably, because he's likable. I'm not trying to sound mean. He'll probably get in because he's likable. I'm not in love with it or anything like that. I don't hate it or anything like that. I just think there's better catchers. If we're talking Hall of Fame. Now, I like this is no disrespect to Posey. I like Posey, but I love Molina. Molina's just way better. Just way better. It's not even close, really. And I also, there's also part of me that goes, okay, then he was hurt. With, like that whole rule about how you can't bash into the catcher anymore is because it's, it's because of him. I'm not saying he campaigned against it, but it's because of him. Um, good catcher, you know, but whatever. So you were... You were going to say you think the Giants are going to be. So, what do you think going into the season the Giants are going to be like without Posey? Well, I mean, I, I think I think the Giants. You got to see what other moves that they make too in this postseason. I don't. I, I mean, I, excuse me, postseason in, in the off season. I mean, because you don't. I doubt are are they keeping Longoria or is he out? See a free agent. He's still here. He's still, he's still there. there. But he's like batting eighth, like is. Yeah, he's not. He's not anything in particular. I don't know. I got. I got to look and see what's going to happen with the Giants. I think they came out so out of left field. Excuse the pun, because we're talking You're baseball. Right. But but they yeah. did. No one expected the Giants to be who the Giants were this season. So I'm somebody, and I always I, I do this with with football players and football teams a lot of times where I like a team comes out of nowhere and I go. Well, that was a really cool run that they made this year. Let's see, let's see where they are next year before I buy into them a second year in a row. So, like for me, I I still think that the Dodgers are going to be the team to beat in that division. Padres going to make a play. <laughs> I mean, that's the team that would make a play, right? Yeah, it, yeah, they could. I I don't know. I don't trust them anymore after okay. they fell flat on their face this year. Um, well, the Rockies and Diamondbacks are going to make a play. That's for sure. But yeah, no, I get that. But I mean, I, I'm just saying that I think going into obviously not knowing what's going to happen in the offseason, but if I was going to put money on it right now, I would put money on the Dodgers being the team to be. Okay. But do you think the Giants can still make the postseason next year without Posey? Yes, I do. I mean, I okay. still think they have a strong enough pitching staff. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, you know, cause it's, it's so weird. There's such a weird this is the way I look at it in baseball. A lot of people don't like this because you know, it'll be nice to catchers because the feelings are getting hurt. I'm like, okay. But like catchers are a specific breed in so many things. They are like their own thing. They play the toughest position in baseball. You don't pay catchers to hit. You don't, you don't go out and sign a big catcher. That's why I'm not, that's to me, the biggest mistake. One of the biggest mistakes that Philly's made, even though he's been okay, but it's just one of those things where it's like, the value you get out of a catcher, money ball speaking, production wise, if you just if you took the C away from them and you put them anywhere in the infield or the outfield, they're like above average, the best catchers. Like they're like, oh, that's an above average hitter, you know? Because if you look at like Posey, who you say is a Hall of Famer, okay, his 162 game average, if he played every game all year, he'd average 19 home runs a year, he'd bat 302. He'd have 86 RBIs. That's good, but that's not, whoa, oh my God. That's not what you invest in, right? That's not like 44 home runs. It's not like, you know, you know, it's 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 like, oh, okay, 50's got a little pop. He puts in good at-bats. Like, that's normally what catchers are. So, unless you – and then sometimes you throw in, like, Piazza, who can hit a bunch of home runs, or or Russell Martin, who, who can steal some bases now and then. 
But most of the time, catchers are paid to catch the ball and make sure they have a rapport with the pitcher. That's what they're there for. Um, and then if they happen to have some offense, then they're all of a sudden whatever. So when people get mad and say, oh, four catchers disrespectful, it's like, no, comparatively, if you took the catcher out of it, nobody cares. These aren't amazing numbers. They're amazing because they have to sit there and crouch and get beat up and, you know, potentially suffer head injuries for 150 something games, you know? So I do think the giants compete. Um, I think they can. I am interested to see what they do because who's their? They have the, the big thing is you said their pitching staff. It's like the, who's their starting rotation for the giants. There's, um, there's this one guy that I really like that showed up pretty well. Um, where's the starting pitch? Logan Webb. That's the dude. That's the dude that they can kind of bank on a little bit here. Um, so I, I still think they'll be okay, but it'll be interesting to see if like this team, a team that wins 106 games, does that GM do something? I mean, this guy showed them off of nothing in a tough division. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. All right. Curveball. What team or teams are you most interested in paying attention to this offseason? In the offseason, let's take a look here. Excluding the Red Sox and the Yankees. So taking our teams out of it. Yeah, what? that's too easy to pick. Uh, the one team I keep hearing about is the Marlins. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, the Tigers, because they are – Somewhat in play. I know Carlos Correa is talking a lot about New York possibilities and this and that. But there's a lot of movement with the Tigers, which is weird because the Tigers haven't competed. So it'd be interesting to see if they bring in a piece like that in. Um, I think the Mariners would be interesting because they have competed. So they might make some plays. Possible reunion with Nelson Cruz, maybe. Um uh, Chris Bryant's also been thrown around there. So if I'm going to sit here and look at it, I'm going to probably say Mariners. I think the Mariners might be the most interesting because they're right there. They were so close, right? It's like a piece away. I'm going to go Mariners. All right. What I like you? that. What do you think? Um, I'm going to take the Marlins yeah, just because okay. I want to see what Jeter does. Yeah. There's, there's a few teams, Tigers, uh, Rangers and the Marlins that have done nothing. And if they they're sitting on some money, they might do something, but going into next, I think the Mariners might be a little fun. They might be fun. If, you know, if they do something, they surprise me. All right. Spitball. So episode six, the final episode of season four, pointless 64 is now available wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you download it. Check it out. Shameless plug for Austin. With that in mind, what are your top five? animated shows of all time animated shows of all time this is off the cuff off the cuff well, hey arnold's obviously one of them i love hey yes. arnold um gosh it's really changed a lot over the years i mean i'm i guess i'll say i'm still a simpsons fan i've kind of stopped a little bit because i feel like they've become a little bit woke in that aspect where they used to not be so i'm kind of sad about that uh but for a long time it was the simpsons um, big shout out, like right now, one of my current favorite shows, I'm a little behind a few seasons behind is Bob's Burgers. I think Bob's Burgers is so funny and so stupid and so accessible. Um, I really love that show because it's just silly, mindless fun. Ah, what other animated shows did I like? Do I like? 
oh, this is good. It's going to be funny. I'm going to listen back to this and go, why didn't I say that? Um, I know I'm, it's not fair. I'm putting you on the spot, but I know I'm trying to think of what else that I really, really, here's one that nobody talks about, but it only went on for one season, but I can't, it's not like one of my favorites, but I just want to say it. There was a show called Moonbeam City. Have you ever seen this show? Never even heard of it, to be honest with you. So, you know the show Archer? Yes. Okay. So, this was basically, it got panned. Well, not panned. It got, like, criticized for being too much like Archer. But it starred, um, what's the guy's name from uh, Parks and Recreation? Uh, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe was in it. And uh, Will Forte was in it. Kate Mara was in it. Elizabeth Banks was in it. That's a good cast, right? And it's basically, like, this, like, 60s or 70s 70s 80s theme or something like that and they're in this city called moonbeam city and they're all like they're like these like secret agent people or cops or something like that and they go solve crimes but it's so like 80s and ridiculous and rob Lowe is really funny in it uh he plays this guy named jazz i think it is and they just go solve crimes but they're very silly and it was so underrated um and the reason i'll, I'll lead into it by my other one that I have to give a huge shout out to is uh, I think South Park. I think South Park is such a great show. It's really, <laughs> it, it's, it's one of the few shows that can't get canceled because it does what it does. And I love it for it. A very great take makes fun of everybody. There's no, uh, when, you know, the, the, they don't hold back. And Moonbeam sit in and the video games are funny and they just, they go there. They'll cross the line. And if you're not, don't watch. That's what I love about South Park. But they, <laughs> Moonbeam City used to air right after South Park. And, one, and so I was like, oh, great. I sat down and watched Comedy Central. I'm like, okay, great. We got South Park, you know, another great thing. Let's go. And then let's see what's Moonbeam. And then they didn't play Moonbeam City one, one, one time. And I went, well, this show's canceled now. Because this was the huge lead in and it got canceled. And then lo and behold. So, that's one I want to check out. People haven't checked it out. I think you can get it on iTunes. You can download it. I think it's like 10 to 15 episodes or something like that. It's really underrated and not a bad show. Um, what about you? Do you have any like favorite cartoons that you've Oh, I mean, watched? for me, uh, Hey Arnold's definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, Batman the Animated Series is one yeah, of my favorites. Yeah, oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's in there. That's, I'm sorry. that's definitely That'll always be. I used to love Family Guy um yeah but like i'm talking family guy from like seven eight nine ten years and ago like the, and now it's very yeah it's just gotten it, it's, it's the one same of those, thing as the simpsons yeah i just feel like you you kind of run out of material after a while um, well they've also become like well we can't make fun of gay people or whatever well, and, and that's the thing too is that seth mcfarland when he started that show was just like it was just and that's why they canceled him initially because he, twice. the show was canceled yeah. twice yeah, because he just didn't care. And and right. that's why I love I respected I respected his comedy so much because he was an equal opportunity. It didn't matter yep. who you were, your race, your religion, your sex, it didn't matter, gender. It it was just like if if I can make a funny joke that's gonna make people laugh, I'm sorry, but you're gonna come to at that expense. And mm -hmm. and it is what it is. Um I'm trying to think if I had another two other ones. I don't know. Those, those are my three. South Park I enjoyed. I, I've always yeah, that, enjoyed that, South that's Park. That's why I love South Park. I don't care. South Park is the same way. Absolutely. They, and, and they're creepily, like they're eerily early. Like they predict a lot of stuff and then all of a sudden shit they're happens good. and it's, they're good. That, that stuff's pretty good too. So they're video games too, by the way. Oh my God. <laughs> I've never played <laughs> a South you, Park video game. The, the, I'm sorry. 
I said I've never played a South Park video game. Don't play play the most recent ones, the RPGs. Oh my god! <laughs> so I can't say what they make you do on it, but it's really great, and I'll tell you offline. Um, but I will throw one more out there because I know this is whatever question. There is a show. This was on Disney because I still haven't watched Adventure Time or regular. That that, that was not Disney, but I, the, Disney actually took the mantle of some stuff. You ever heard of the show Gravity Falls? Sounds familiar. You would. It's really fun. It only went on for two seasons. It's about like it takes place in Oregon and there's all these mysterious stuff happening. Um, it is a great, funny show and it has like you know the adult humor it's really good i watched it during the you know well we're still in it but during the pandemic last year just breeze through it on hulu that show is really funny and really entertaining um so definitely check out gravity falls you would probably like it watch, watch an episode or two it, it's it's family friendly but also like here's some jokes you know uh, the other one that i watch um it's on netflix f is for family it's, yeah, you're uh, big on that because you like Bill Burr. I still haven't watched. I it. Love Bill Burr. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that. that is very enjoyable. So I I always wait for that one to come out. Whenever okay the season will come out again, I have no idea. Yeah, but, I think uh, I think I think for now I got to get back to the Bob's Burgers. I'm gonna watch that. But shout out! I just wanted to shout out a few that people haven't seen. Gravity Falls, though, people know that. That's good. That's good. All right, fastball for you. What offseason moves would you like to see the Red Sox make this winter? Okay. So there's a couple things they need to do. One, they need to figure out and what they want to do on a closer. They need to figure that out. That, that I think is the biggest thing they do. The most hopeful thing that if Freddie Freeman does not sign with Atlanta, the favorite is Boston. And it's is such it really? a great pick. Yes, it is. That's if he doesn't sign. All over myself. If he uh, doesn't sign. If that happens, then I can like feel okay about Rizzo. You know, after that nonsense, um, because it's it's one thing that Boston has done. They took out JD, which is I mean they they're keeping JD. He he's he, he'll stay uh, in Boston for another year at least. So that so that's good. But it's going to be interesting to see where what they do with Schwarber, um, because I, in my opinion, I don't think the experiment work. I think Schwarber is a fun Boston mentality fit and a very likable and puts in good at bats. But he plays, and, and maybe this will change in the preseason. He plays a mediocre first base, so much so that it's noticeable. But if you get Freddie Freeman, I mean, like it doesn't matter. That said, I what I think will realistically happen is that they'll probably resign Schwarber. Um, they'll lock that in there, and then they'll also go, okay, let's we they need to get a closer. So I think that's the biggest move. They probably have to get a closer, and Craig Kimbrell's probably somebody they might look at or make a trade or, or whoever it's also Kenny Jansen out there. Um, so I, I think they'll have to get a closer. That's, that's what I think their big move is. All right. Knuckleball, mm-hmm. which pitcher has the lowest career world series ERA with a minimum of 20 innings pitch, which say the question again, which pitcher, has the lowest career World Series ERA with a minimum of 20 innings pitched. All right. Who do I got? Josh Beckett, Kurt Schilling, or Madison Bumgarner? I'm going to go with Mad Bum. You are 100% correct. Finally! (laughs) Finally! On the last episode, too. It's probably since, like, the All-Star break since I've gotten a hit here. Jeez, if I didn't get this, I would have been like, oh, my God. It's like I had the worst second half. 
I'm like a catcher, basically. Have a great first half and lull out. That's his good. ERA, that was good company. His ERA, by the way, is 0.25. Jeez. Yeah. Good, man. Yeah. Yep. Too many fell and was, you know, I mean, whatever he's doing, you know, he's, he's a very manual labor guy, Mad Bum. You know, like, have you seen his stuff? He kind of just like, I don't know. He's, he's like out there. Cat. He's, he's like legit chopping wood in the forest and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, no, he marches you know? to the beat of his own drummer. That's for sure. He just doesn't care. All right, last question. <laughs> Change up. Right. Do you believe there's going to be a lockout? A lockout. Give me some more information on this because I um I'm unaware of this. You're unaware of it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I haven't even heard the news on this on my Twitter feed. Yeah, so there there's concerns that there might be a lockout because the of the the CBA. Um, that there's supposed there's supposed to be negotiations going on. I don't know if it's this month or next month, early December, and there's concerns that there could be a lockout. Well, I think the seriousness of all the people I haven't followed, but I did know that the chop is wrong. That got to my <laughs> desk. That needs to be fixed. I actually have not heard much on this stuff, so I have to answer no right now because it's probably too early. Um, you probably have the more authoritative answer on this. I mean, what do you think? Because I'm not seeing anything that... Everything that I've read, everyone is fearing that it's going to happen. Um, really? Yeah, so there's the the article that I read this is from the Daily News. It said uh, fans may want to take a mental snapshot of where they were, how they felt, and what they were doing when the 2021 World Series ended. Try to remember all those sensations and bottle them up for a cold and bleak winter without baseball because this offseason could be longer than usual. Hmm. And they're saying that when the clock strikes midnight on the night of December 1st, Major League Baseball's group of owners are expected to lock out the players, barring an agreement on a new CBA that currently seems as likely as the Orioles winning the World Series. So, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, Just don't just make sure you're cheering rightly. Cheer correctly. Yeah, apparently that's all that matters at ESPN because they they don't cover this at all. I, I the only reason why I knew this, and I'm not even kidding, when I was looking up some stuff to ask you, obviously getting some research done for the questions, mm-hmm. uh, this popped up on Daily News. It also popped. Ferducci had written an article about it as well from Sports Illustrated. So, oh, Ferducci did something. Um, you know, someone who actually does real journalism. So, um, you know, that's that's the reason why I brought up that question. But anyway, so that takes care of the second segment of the pod. And finally, it's Austin. It's your final thoughts. Floor is yours, sir. Okay, let's just take a look and see what we got here because the biggest thing I want to talk about real quick is we have I don't know five minutes left or whatever. This post or off seasons going. To be nuts. I said this going into it. It's going to be insane. So initially for this episode, I wanted to be like, okay, who's going where? New York Post normally does 30, top 30 free agents. They had to expand it to 40. MLB trade rumors always does 50. They had to expand this to 40. So I just want to get like a grasp of some of these free agents, see what they think, see what they're landing on and see what the experts are saying. I think there's so many shoes that have to drop. I don't know what order they're going to be. Um, That will define what our teams are going to look like because a lot of teams are just have a bunch of holes in it, depending on how this happens. Uh, Obviously the first one on here, actually, you know, we'll start with the top 10. We'll go 10 down. Um, The first one on here, let's talk about number 10. Starling Marte is on the, uh, on the list. And I just want to get your takes on what they, what they say. 
So it looks like there's the favorite for Marte to go to. This could be anywhere, but the favorite between these two articles is the Mets. And we're looking at three to four years, 75, 80 million, something like that. I'm surprised the Yankees aren't looking for another outfielder. They've already got like 20 of them. (laughs) Well, Um, it's going to be interesting because a Brett Gardner is not. Yeah, we don't need another outfielder. We're good. Um, Yeah, I know. Gardner's done. Um, And if he's not retiring, he needs to retire. Uh, Do you know where they're saying he might go? Gardner? Yeah, if he doesn't return to New York. No. Please tell me it's not Boston. It's the Marlins. Oh, okay. That's fine. It makes so much sense. I can live with that. I can yeah, live with like that. Yeah, it's like cute. It's like cute. Yeah, exactly. You're, go go hang out with your old pal Jeter. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm fine. Look, the, the Mets the Mets need a lot of a lot of work, but I think they need a lot more work internally as far as, like, their front office goes than um, as much as they do necessarily with the players on the field. But, I mean, look, I think he'll be a welcome addition to the Mets. Uh, mm-hmm. They from what I'm reading in the prediction is like a three year, $75 million contract, which I think is a fair contract for him mm-hmm. and, and his ability. They're saying also, if he doesn't go there, giants, Phillies are going to be, the Phillies are going to be somewhat interesting in the post in the off season. Well, giants would be interesting. That'd be cool. Um, all right. Number nine, Javi Baez. They're saying Mets seven years, 150 million. Um. But he's also competing here in this other article. They're saying, five, yeah, five years, 100 million Rangers. Do you think – I think Baez hmm. stays with the Mets. I do too. I, th- I, think, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, Stroman <laughs> – I don't think Stroman's staying with the Mets. Um, I think he's pretty much done with his organization here. So they're saying oh, – this could be anywhere. They're saying five years, 100 to 110 million, which makes sense. Here's the four teams, Astros, Angels, Twins, and Dodgers. I'm thinking the Astros would make the play. I mean, you, okay. you figure they're probably not going to keep – they're not going to keep Verlander. They're not going to keep Granke. So – You don't think gonna, they'll keep one? Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. So I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking that, that the, the Astros would be the play here. Okay. Um, where did I go now? Oh, did I did I cheat here? Where did I go? Oh, I did. I I, I added him for no reason. Kevin <laughs> Gosman, number eight, about five years, one hundred and ten. What do you think, Gosman? Giants. Yeah, I think he stays there. Yep, me too. That's pretty pretty easy. Um, yeah, everybody's saying Giants. That's an easy one. Trevor Story. Um. Where what are they saying here? Let me find story here. Let me type him in. They're giving me history. Give me Trevor Story. Trevor Story. Six years, 120 something million is what they're thinking. Five years, 110, something like that. Favorites the Astros. Well, I mean, I could see him in the Astros. I could also see him on the Rangers if the Rangers don't That's land anybody too. else. Yeah. Yeah. Robbie Ray, I think, stays with the Blue Jays. With the Blue Jays. That'll be another team that's interesting. They were really close. The big one, 
your boy, my boy too, Marcus Simeon, man. How about that? What's happening with him? He's going to get paid. I mean, come on, right? Oh, he's got, yeah, you got to figure he's going to get what, five, six years, 150, $160 million? Yeah, like six that. years, 130, five years, 140. Here's the four, four teams Yankees, Stocks, Dodgers, Angels. Well, I mean, I, oh boy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so, I don't even know. Um, I'm going to say the Yankees will make a play at him. I don't know if the Yankees will get him though. Yeah. I, don't, uh, I wouldn't pick him if that was the Yankees. No, I wouldn't either, but I, I'm sure the Yankees will, will reach out and see. You know, Angels make sense. Angels make the most sense. I agree with you. Uh, but yeah. the, because of high, how high, how high profile he is, I can't speak. Uh, I'm sure the Yankees will also make a play, but I, I do agree with you though. I think the Angels make the most sense. Um, I think this one's obvious. Scherzer, I think, stays with Dodgers. the Dodgers. Um, Freddie Freeman, I think, stays with Braves. Braves, yeah, me too. Here's the big one. How about uh, Corey Seager here? Well, that so so the, we have the two the two shortstops, right? You have Correa and Seager, and I think the Yankees are going to make a play at one of them, if not make a play at both, because they do desperately want a star shortstop. Now, the Yankees, the Yankees yeah. do have a decent depth it, it at shortstop in their farm mm-hmm. system. I just don't know if they're going to be patient enough to actually develop would, them. And so which, MLB trade, yeah. MLB trade rumors says Yankees across the board. Um, for, for Seager. Yeah. But they're saying on uh, New York post, the Rangers. And they're well, she, trying, yeah. Yeah. The Rangers make sense too. Like I said, depending on, you know, right. when we're talking about story, I think it depends on, um, you know, he could end up in, in Houston or in or the Rangers. So if the Rangers get him, then story will end up in Houston, like we said. One of the one of the funny things is they might try to pair up both the brothers, which would be kind of fun. I if I'm the Yankees, I don't do it. I let the talent come up. Oh, I don't do it either, man. I'm a hundred percent with you. I just I don't, you know, you know how I feel. So mm-hmm. um I'm gonna do the big dog and then I'll do a surprise. Carlos Correa, is he going to the Tigers? That's going to be interesting. It's very well, favored. Well, you're, you're saying you're saying Detroit's going to be making some moves, that this would be one hell of a move. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting because they're not going to be in it. I don't think that's going to do anything for Detroit, you know? So, you know, and I'm wondering if New York is in there too. Like, it's the other thing. All right, the last one, the last one. This is the fun one. What about... Albert Pujols. He's 41 years old. He played in the postseason. He had to a little bit. What happens to Albert Pujols? I'm thinking Pujols is going to go to a team that he believes would be a contender. I mean, I think that's that would make the most sense. What I would like to see is I would like to see him back in St. Louis. I think that would be the best. And, and let's be real, the Cardinals are obviously a contender. They're going to be a freaking contender every year for like the rest of time. But they have got Goldschmidt. Yeah, but I still I'm I I'm still sitting there and thinking that he goes to St. Louis, he plays D or he can't play DH. But I mean you 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 figure mm-hmm. it out. You you pay him what? A, a veteran minimum of what three, four million dollars. And he pinch hits. I mean at, at this stage of his career, unless he wants to start. I mean, look, if he wants to start every single game, 
then maybe he doesn't end up in St. Louis. But if he's willing to say, all right, look, this is going to be my last season and I want to retire as a Cardinal, I think that would be the feel-good story coming in. It would be the feel-good story, but Goldschmidt's um, there. <laughs> like, there's no... I'm not, I'm not too sure then. Um, I'm trying to think of a team... What if, what if now that your Mercedes is out, does LaRusa reconsider? And I know they're best buds. I wonder if that's that's an option. Right in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? That could you work. Know, he could play DH there. That's and, true. Uh, yeah. Nobody's going to throw at him. So <laughs> the other fun thing, it's like, yeah, it, it, would, it would be weirdly. The other thing about the Cardinals, too, it would weirdly upstage Yadier Molina. Because yeah, next year is going to be the Yadier Molina story. And that's we all funny should too. I forgot praise about that. Yadier Molina because I love I him. About that. I all right. That, that's all I had here. Um, just wanted to go through some of those things. And uh, for, and also just wanted to thank you so much for hosting a full season of uh, Spaceball with me. Um, we navigated a lot of playoff stuff and got through it. Um, so, Lala, thank you so much. It's 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 really it's like it's like I feel like I really am part of the network now. Now that I got instead of a two month nonsense season out of the way, that we can do this and uh, eagerly looking to see how this off season goes. And uh, I really appreciate it. And I uh, love chatting with you every two weeks or so uh, across Skype here, or whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, look, this has been a lot of fun. I mean, I enjoy doing this too. It's it's. I don't think there's enough. Like, and you said it earlier in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Baseball doesn't get the coverage that it should. It, it no. doesn't get the coverage it deserves anymore. So being able to just sit down and, and have a conversation with you about baseball every couple of weeks has been awesome. And it's been a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to the show again next season when we, you know, if we change up the format a little bit or, or what we decide to do and, and we'll have those talks in the off season. Uh, but I, I am, I'm really looking forward to a busy, a busy winter. Hopefully, you know, that lockout thing, if there is a lockout, it doesn't, it's not going to delay the season. Just um, throwing curve. I remember when we pitched this thing, what two years ago? Yep. We we're like, all right, we're ready to go. And then I'm texting you guys, spaceballs delayed. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, if 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 we hit, you know, if we hit, you know, spring training time, and and it looks like there's going to be a lockout. I mean, we could still throw out a pod anyway, and just be like, hey, here's an update. We're locked out, but we'll talk about it anyway. You know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you guys updated. Uh, but before we go. Um, I do want you to plug your 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 final episode though. Like, give it oh. give it the plug it deserves, man. Well, before I do that, I, I will I will say this. I'm gonna plug something else real quick. Um, I'm back streaming on Twitch finally. So if anybody wants to check me out, play some Sims, hang out, be dumb. I'm on Twitch Sundays and Tuesdays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time. Back in the Eastern time zone. And yes, pointless 64, which is just is serendipitous. The word I, I feel like I never use that word right, but that's that's fine. You can use that word. It's uh, coincidentally speaking that we have the final episode of Spaceball aired this week. And then we just had Pointless 64, the finale of season four, air this past uh, Monday at 12 a.m., you know, Monday morning. And uh, we have the championship round and uh, uh, the producers at Nickelodeon, we sat down and we talked and it was a it was this was our lengthiest season. It was a 40 minute discussion on the final one, and every episode was 40 minutes long minimum. And you can see who the uh, winner was. Um, so please just go ahead and check that out. If you missed a season, go ahead and check out our previous ones. We've, we've got some great episodes, including the first season with LaValley here. And I am working on season five. I should be in a meeting hopefully this Wednesday to see if we can get some stuff done because I want to get going on it. 
Um, but other than that, yeah, please check out Pointless 64, wherever podcasts are, whatever your favorite uh, streaming services. Uh, please check it out and uh, fill out your bracket and have some fun. And uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and right, thank everybody. you for listening, everybody, this season. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, we, we really appreciate the support. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Spaceball Podcast brought to you by the Sideline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. We greatly appreciate it. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And that's it. That's all we have for you this week. Be well, stay safe, and we'll talk to you all again in a few months. Mm-hmm.